Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Activate Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Activate. I told you that the series is called Be Bold because we just believe that God is calling us to be bold this year. There's a number of things that we want to do as a church, but you know, whatever happens to the wider church will affect you as an individual because, hey, that's what the church is, isn't it? It's just a group of individual people coming together. We form God's church. And so I think that there are lots of bold things that God may want you to do in your life, and we're going to talk about that this month. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience, come on, surely you have, have had the experience where you just had to be really bold in a moment, you know, where you had to do something and it made you nervous and you were worried. In fact, I think the great rapper slash theologian Eminem said, he said it really best in a song, you know, Lose Yourself. He said, you know, my hands are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on my sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. I'm nervous. All right. And, and, and I, I probably should have wrapped that, but I just wanted you, I just wanted you to come back next week. So, so anyway, I, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he, he talks about being nervous and I think he really nailed it because everyone knows what it feels like to get nervous. You know, when you're on the edge, we're about to, you're about to do something that seems a little bit crazy. You're about to do something that seems, you know, just a little bit edgy. And um, if you're here and you're married, you probably already know about this because I don't know how you and, and your spouse met, but there was a point where one of you had to say to the other one, I like you. And, and you had to come out with it. I mean, eventually someone's got to come clean with that, right? Uh, you know, if, if you're married, one of you looked at the other one and said, I'm into you, you know? And uh, hands up if it was you. See, this is why we're preaching on boldness right now. If you're here today and, and, and you're single and you want to be single, like, awesome, that's great, g- genuinely. But if you're single and you don't want to be single, we're going to make you bold this year, okay? Uh, because there may come a time. What are you waiting for? You're waiting for someone else to ask you. Maybe the thing that you've got to do is go ahead and ask them. Just get bold, you know, and just, just do it. That's actually how I met my wife, you know. If you don't know the story, I always like to tell the story that my wife and I, we met in a nightclub because uh, we were invited to a friend's birthday. And so I went there and, uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm standing off to the side with my uh, friend. It was just the two of us. And then there was just like, you know, this girl and all of her friends, you know. And, and so, you know, sometimes like when girls are with their girlfriends, you know, they just stand in a circle. Like that thing is closed off. Like there is just no way that you can break in. But I looked at it and I thought there's only one way I can get across the room and, and get into that. So I just kind of walked into the middle of it. That's bold. Right? So I walked into the middle and I introduced myself to everybody. And this one chick that was there, she had crazy attitudes. She goes, who do you think you are? Sort of a thing. That's my wife. So she, yeah, yeah. That's Sarah. So then we met and, and we just kind of hit it off. And, and then, you know, uh, eventually, you know, we, we got together and now here we are and we're married, right? But that's how that happened. I just had to get bold and go ahead and do it. And I've, I've, I've 
faced or felt uh, the experience of either being nervous or realizing that I need to be bold so many times in my life. You know, you might think that just because uh, somebody was uh, called to be a preacher that they automatically get given this calm uh, ease inside of their heart when they have to get up and speak publicly. But I can tell you about this, right? The first time I ever had to MC a service here at Activate Church, I felt like Eminem. Okay, my hands are sweaty, my knees are weak, my arms are heavy, right? And I'm getting nervous. There was no vomit on my sweater. But I'll tell you, I I felt like really nervous uh, uh, about it because I'm going to get up and I'm going to stand in front of people and I I don't want to look like an idiot. And and, and in the end, you know, you just got to Nike this thing and just do it, you know? Like you just have to eventually get bold. Wouldn't it be sad if all the good things that God had for you in life were behind a decision that you weren't willing to make? You know, what if God really wanted you to step forwards in life, but there was such a timidity about you that you wouldn't step into the blessings, the promises that God has for you? And I just think that that's, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that kind of life. I don't want to be the kind of person where I'm nervous before I make a decision, a faith-filled decision. And you know what? The, the truth is, sometimes you're even going to get nervous, right? But like I said, you just do it anyway. It's just part of what you do. And so I want to begin this series, uh, and I'm calling this message today just real simple. This is such an easy message today. It's just called Be Bold. That's it. You should be able to remember that, you know? So, so I, I, I want to preach that. And um, and in saying that, I, I, I think that if you're new to church, you may not know this already, but I think the gospel is probably the boldest message you'll ever hear. You know, the fact that God would send his one and his only son, that God would become flesh and dwell among us, and that he would actually give his life as a ransom to save people that had sin in their life. You know, that, I'm a recipient of that. And I think that that is such a bold, bold message. It's a bold story. But if you think that that's bold, you should learn about their PR strategy for how they plan to get that whole thing out. Because it's, it's bold. I, 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 th- I actually think this. I think the boldest PR strategy you'll ever see is how they planned on getting the gospel out to the world. And to understand this story, like to just give it some framework and some, and some context, right? You've got to know some of the people that are involved. And, and, and one of the guys, I'll just tell you about one of the guys, he's, he's a good guy, we often pick on him in churches, but his name was Peter. And Peter uh, uh, was, was uh, one of Jesus' disciples, and, and Peter, uh, he had this habit of saying really bold and, and, and brave things, but you know, not always in the right environment. For example, you know, when, when Jesus was at his last supper and he, you know, he was telling the disciples what was going to happen, he, he told Peter that he was going to deny him. And this is what Peter said. He said, oh, no, no, no. If everyone else denies you, it won't be me. I'll stick with you. And no matter what happens, everyone else will fall away, but not me. It's says, easy to be bold behind closed doors. So he was very bold. He was very brave. But of course, if you know the story, uh, Jesus comes out and uh, is led to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's betrayed and and taken away. And then you know what happens is this little girl comes to Peter and she says, are you with him? And he says, no. And, And it's a little girl and he's 
scared and he's intimidated and he's worried about what this little girl is going to think or maybe who she's going to tell. And so this guy that said, oh, I will be with you and I'll never leave you and, and, and everyone else will fall away, but not me, is the same guy that less than 24 hours later is the guy that couldn't tell a little girl that he was even associated with Jesus. And so you, you, you start to look at this story about how they were going to get the gospel out. And it's, it's really a crazy story. I mean, the gospel message is the most powerful message you will ever hear on planet Earth today. And it's, it's really powerful if you've heard it. Because like, if you've never heard it, it doesn't help you much, does it? Like It might exist and it's great, but if you don't know a thing about it, if you've never heard it, that it doesn't really have much of an impact on your life. And you start to think, well, this is an important message. They, they must have really worked hard and thought about how to get this message out to the world. You know, how, how, were they, how did they plan on, on doing that? Well, I tell you what, there was no Sunrise PR campaign. The Jerusalem Times didn't exist. They didn't have newspapers and, and all the rest of it. You know what they had? Jesus had 12 guys. Actually, 11, one of them betrayed him. And so they've got these guys that they're totally relying on to get the message out. And I want to read to you this scripture. It comes out of Acts. And it's the, let me give you a little bit of insight into what's happening around this passage so that you understand this. Jesus has been crucified and now he has been resurrected, but he has not yet ascended to the Father, if you don't know that happened. And so here he is on planet Earth, and he's about to ascend, but before he does, he gives a very important speech to his disciples. And he says this in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Witnesses, that means martyrs, just so you know. You will be my martyrs in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so now Jesus tells these 11 guys that they will be his witnesses and they are going to get the message out. And you read and you think, really? Because the last time Peter had to be honest about what he believed in, he kind of freaked out. He wasn't even willing to tell a little girl. And now this is the most important message that the world will ever hear. And you're entrusting it to a guy that's already failed, that's already made a mistake. This is kind of a, a crazy idea. And, and I'm not a, any kind of PR expert, but I imagine that when you have a PR plan, there's got to be some kind of goal. There's got to be a goal. What are you guys going to do? Well, we're going to change the world. Okay, okay, okay. Who's your, uh, who's your target audience? Everyone. No, it's too big. It's too big. You need to narrow it. You can't just say everyone. That's, that, that, what kind of strategy is that? You need to narrow the field, right? Who's your target market? Okay, just people with sin in their life. Oh, okay, that's, that's, that's what you're going with. And, and tell me, what's your communication strategy for this? Like, How are you going to get the message out? Oh, we're going to preach it. Yeah, we're going to preach it. We're just going yeah, to tell people. It's like, really? This is it? Most important message that the world has ever heard, and, and this is it? You're just going to tell people? No, 
that doesn't seem like the kind of plan that would work. See, God wasn't foolish enough just to ask them to do it. He, he actually had another idea in mind and that he wouldn't rely, rely completely on them. In fact, Jesus said, when I, when I ascend to my Father, my Father will send the Spirit of God. He'll send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come alongside you. That's one of the words for the Holy Spirit. You know, that he will come alongside you and, and, and help you. I don't know if you know this, but the Holy Spirit's meant to help you in life. He's meant to be with you. And there's an effect that the Spirit of God will begin to have on your life, whether you realize it or not. And so the, he, Jesus said to them, don't even think, I know it's a crazy strategy, but don't even think about leaving Jerusalem and going into Judea and Samaria, which were concentric circles that worked their way out. He says, don't even think about leaving Jerusalem until the Spirit of God comes, until the Holy Spirit comes. And so here they are. And if you know the story, Acts chapter 2, they're waiting in an upper room, doors closed, huddled together. Again, it's easy to be bold in the room where you're all huddled together and it says that they were praying and then all of a sudden there came a sound like a mighty and rushing wind and the Holy Spirit came and it began to fill them. They began to speak in different tongues. Now, here's the thing. At this very moment in Israel's history, right, or, or, or you know, at this time in Jerusalem, people had gathered from all over different cities that come together for a festival time. And so there are people that speak different languages, right? And so it, the city is crowded, and, and Peter walks out the next day, and you know what it says? It says this, just this simply. He's standing in a crowd full of people, and he just lifts up his voice and he begins to preach. And this is in front of audiences that were happy to see Jesus crucified just 50 days earlier. I mean, if you were faced with the same audience, right? Let's remember they killed his savior, yeah? And now here he is, 50 days later, there's more people, but absolutely the people that were happy to see Jesus be crucified were present, they were there, and he says, now is as good a time as any, and he just lifts up his voice and he begins to preach. There is a big difference between the Peter we see before he's filled with the Spirit and the Peter that we see after he's been filled with the Spirit. There is a marked difference in people that have been filled with the presence of God and how they live their life. And something happens in this moment. And it doesn't really, it's not printed in your Bible. So if you go back to Acts chapter 2 and you start to read it, you're not going to see this word. But something happens in here and we see the effect that it has because when Peter preaches, thousands of people... Thousands of people give their hearts and lives to Jesus. Now, that is a crazy PR strategy to get the message of the gospel out. And yet on day one, thousands of people began to listen to that message that he was speaking. See, what I'm telling you guys is that information won't change the world, but bold people will. So you might have great information. You might have great insight. But what are you going to do with it? What will you do with what God has put inside of you? What will you do with what God has revealed to you? Because when we read this story, it's pretty clear that boldness bridges the gap between being huddled in an upper room and the next day just lifting up your voice on the street. And Peter went from fearful to fearless in less than 24 hours. And I think it's pretty clear why he did. Something happened to Peter. 
Something changed him from the inside out. And so here is Peter, by the way, great preacher. Great preacher. Of course, he never would have known that unless he preached, right? Yeah? Great preacher. Because he wouldn't have discovered that until the day that he decided to lift up his voice. Because God had put a gift inside of him to communicate publicly. But unless he actually got bold enough to use it, it could have just been there lying dormant. No one would have known that this great preacher just went to his grave, never preached a sermon because fear got hold of his mind and he didn't have the courage and the boldness to step into the calling that God had for him. Did you know that God has given his people spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, and they're on you. Many of you, all of you in this room will have something that you're good at, something that God has gifted you with. If you don't know what it is, not a problem. Let's take the journey together. Let's discover what that gift is. But you know, God's put something inside of you. You can read about it. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about spiritual gifts. And if you look at some of the spiritual gifts, they, hey, you, some of you might be great at healing people. If you're new to church, you're like, what? <laughs> yep. The laying on of hands and just praying for somebody and instantly seeing them healed. You may have that gift, but you probably won't know until you pray for someone. You might have a great communication gift, but you probably won't know until you start preaching. You might have a great leadership gift, but you probably won't know till you get past the fear of leading and make a decision, I'm going to start to get out in front. See, God has given spiritual gifts to different people. And you know what he said they're for? They're for the common good. So if you're keeping it to yourself, please don't. Because the reason why God gave it to you is so that you could give it away to others. But there's this gap that you'll need to cross called boldness. And if you're not bold enough to use your gift, then you'll probably end up keeping it to yourself. And I just don't think that that's what Jesus intended those gifts to be used for. Did you know that the word bold is used six times more in the New Testament than it's used in the Old Testament? Six times more. And here's what it means. It means to speak freely and not to be intimidated. Imagine that. Anybody with a Facebook account? Imagine that. Just speaking freely and not intimidated and not worried. It's not an excuse for rudeness, but you can be honest about what you believe without being intimidated of the thoughts and the perspectives and the, the opinions of other people. That's what it means. Speak freely without being intimidated. And if you decide to start speaking freely, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's going to begin probably outside your comfort zone. Yeah, so many of us just stay inside our comfort zones. In fact, I was chatting with Sarah. We had a date night this week, and we're sitting down, and I was like, wow, you know, here we are. Uh, you know, we've been married since 06. We've probably done some bold things. I said, hey, what do you think is really bold that we do? And we were sort of sharing different stories. And I remember this one time that we were driving home from uh, being out uh, late one night. We were driving home down the street near, near a house. And uh, as we're driving on the side of the road, I see these two guys really badly beating up this other guy. 
And, and he was lying on the ground and there was like a lot of stomping and it, it was horrible, you know? And, and so we're driving past it and I looked at it and I saw that and Sarah saw it too. She looks at me, right? And so I'm in the far right lane and I couldn't do much about it because it was right near an intersection. So I drove over the intersection and my wife already knew what was coming. I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry. So I just can't leave that. So I did a U-turn and at, at the next roundabout and drove back and I, I parked the car around the corner and, and I said to Sarah, lock the doors and don't get out unless it's me, you know? And so there I am. And so I'm now well outside my comfort zone, running down the street towards a fight that's already happening, right? Not exactly knowing what I'm going to do. But I just knew that it wasn't right and someone should help, right? Thank God when I got there, no one was there. I actually don't even know how they got out of there so fast. Like, literally, I showed up, we parked around the corner, there they were, I got around the corner, they were gone. I didn't know, but, but I'll tell you what, to do something like that, for me, that just got me right outside of my comfort zone. But you know, sometimes there's something that happens inside of you that says, that ain't right. That's not right. People shouldn't have to experience that. And, you know, when that gets a hold of you, like, really, honestly, something starts to happen. You start to get bold. You pray a lot. Like, I was running, praying. I'm praying, running, right? And I'm praying, but, but it's well outside my comfort zone. Here's the thing, right? Boldness will always take you outside your comfort zone. That's why it's called boldness. We might just call it comfortable if it was inside. I, I was thinking about getting comfortable today. I'm talking freely. No, no one says that. You gotta, you, boldness takes you outside of your comfort zone. That's just how it works. Think about the first time that you ever shared your faith. First time that you ever told somebody, yeah, I'm a Christian and, and I go to church. And maybe for you, that was a really big deal. Maybe for you, even right now, it's a massive secret. Nobody knows. No one knows you're a Christian. You've been working in the same place for five years. You are an undercover agent. Nobody knows. You, you tell yourself you're playing the long game. I'm just building relationships. Eventually, I'll come clean. No, 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 no. You're just afraid. Can, don't, don't try to over-spiritualize your fear and say, oh, it's a plan, that's a strategy. No, it's not a strategy, you're just freaking out and you just don't want to be honest about it, you know? Like, eventually, just get, get bold and say, hey, what did you do on the weekend? I went to church. And it was awesome. Maybe for you it's public speaking, but here's, here's, what, here's what I think. I think, what if your grace was outside your comfort zone? Have you ever thought about that? What if what you were graced for was outside of where you're comfortable? And if you look at all the spiritual gifts and they're all in there and they're all there for the common good, and, and what if the thing that God had wanted you to do on planet Earth, and if you're new to church, let me tell you something very exciting, very encouraging. God has a plan for your life. There are gifts in you. You may know, not know what they are, but he wants to do something with your future. And what if the plan that he has for your future is outside of your comfort zone? What if the anointing that's on your life is outside of where you're comfortable? Imagine that. Imagine if you got to the end of your life and Jesus said, Oh, I had so much for you, but you never be moved beyond the place where you were comfortable. And as a result, you never discovered what I wanted you to do. What if your grace, your anointing, your purpose, your calling. What if it's outside of your comfort zone? Don't let the comfort zone restrict the anointing of God in your life because you're too afraid to step out and be bold. 
Here's what I've discovered. All God's requests require boldness. Every time he asks you to do something, it requires boldness. You know, like you just think about the gospel message, you know, and, and we know what it is, and then the great commission that comes with that gospel message. Go out, preach the gospel to all creation. It wasn't just for those guys. If you're, look, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, boy, you are off the hook today. You probably sit, you can just sit back and relax for the rest of the message, right? But if you're here today and you're a Christian, you should know something. God has asked you to preach the good news to all creation. That's what he wants you to do. And imagine if your comfort zone restricted you from preaching the good news to all creation. All God's requests are bold. What if I pray for someone and, and they don't get healed? Yeah, I know. We've all been there. We should start a support group. We'll call it a small group and let's just get together and talk about it. Like, in fact, those groups are happening right now. You can join one. Jason Isaac's running one. I'm serious. Like, you can realize that in this space, there's lots of people here that probably feel exactly the same as you do. But I just don't think this is where God wants you to stay forever. All God's requests require boldness, and boldness always involves the risk of failure. You know what I've learned about failure or the risk of failure? You just get used to it. You do. You just get used to it. If this fails, it'll be spectacularly public. Let's do it. Everyone will know. I'm in. No, that's the thing. Everyone is worried about things not working out. You pray for someone, they don't get healed. You be honest about your faith and people reject you. Everyone knows what that feels like. Everyone has that, that nervousness that, that comes with that. It's just not enough to stop you from doing what God's called and asked you to do. You know, Jesus, Jesus he's not looking for believers I tell you that? He's not looking for believers. In fact, did you know that the Bible says that the demons believe in Jesus? Yeah. Well, you bet they do. It says that at the mention of his name that they shudder. He, the demons believe in him. He's not just looking for believers. He's looking for followers. People that will be bold enough to follow and do everything that he's asked them to do. And this is what I've discovered. Obedient believers become bold. You won't need to try. Because if you just keep saying yes to Jesus, okay, I'm in. It sounds risky, Jesus, but if you're in, I'm in. If you just keep saying yes to Jesus, you will become bold by default because obedient believers become bold. And when you do, be prepared to see the things that you dream about. Can I tell you what happened when Peter decided that he was going to be bold and, and step out? When he was standing in that street that day and, and everyone was there and he just lifted up his voice and he began to speak and, and, and preach the gospel, amazing things began to happen. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit began to break out all over that place. People were getting healed. People were having demons cast out. There was crazy stuff going on. They saw the Spirit of God move because they were bold enough to obey, but they saw the Spirit of God begin to move. There was this one story about this lame beggar sitting by the gate, beautiful. He'd been there for a very long time. Peter and John, they're walking up and 
he sees them and he asks them for help, right? And they look at him and he was hoping to get some money or something to help him because he was you know, disabled. And they said to him, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And at that very moment, his ankles became strong, his legs became strong. He stood up and he was pumped. And everyone began to see these miracles begin to break out. He wouldn't even leave them alone. He had to tell everyone. I mean, imagine if you were disabled from birth and suddenly you are instantly healed. You'd be telling everyone. So he's sharing it. He didn't have to share it. People knew who he was, you know. Even his mom and dad were like, this is crazy. Like, we, we, we don't know how this happened, you know. And so people are gathering around and Peter and John, they're sharing the gospel and they're preaching it. Of course, the, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, they heard about this and they hated that. They're like, you come into our place? Because they're on their way to the temples. You come into our place and you're going to preach in the name of Jesus? You know, they, they began to question them. In fact, let me read this to you. Let me read this to you out of Acts chapter 6. When they began to question him. And they said, the name by which we're doing this is Jesus. And then in verse 13, as they're replying to the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, it says, now when they saw the... Boldness. And there it is again. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You know what didn't say that they remembered that they had been with Jesus? They didn't remember that they had been with Jesus. They didn't look at these guys and say, oh, yeah, 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 I remember them. Yeah, they were hanging out with Jesus. They didn't say that. It says that they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I wonder what it was that they recognized. Because they saw something in Jesus and they saw the same thing in these guys. They recognized something. They had something that Jesus did. They probably said, oh, this is just like Jesus used to be like. We remember this. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say. Of course they did. That's What are they going to say to that? The man is healed and standing right next to them. They had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another saying, what should we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Kind of sounds like 2019, actually. (laughs) But when Peter and John answered them, they said, whether it is right... In the sight of God, to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And so, recognizing that they had been threatened, that they weren't allowed to preach anymore the name of Jesus, what did they do? What would you do? What would you do? This is probably a very real life example Someone says, you cannot speak about Jesus in this workplace. You cannot speak about Jesus on the internet. You cannot speak about Jesus. At some point, 
someone may actually say this to you. What would they say? What would you do? What would you pray for? You know what they did? They went back to see all the other disciples and they went back and they said, okay, so let me tell you about what happened today. We saw this guy. We prayed for him. He was healed. Everyone was pumped except the Pharisees. By the way, should you go out and preach about Jesus tomorrow, you are in big trouble. They are going to arrest you. They will put you in prison. Seriously, we just wanted to pass on the message. They're like, this is great. We should have a prayer meeting. What are we going to pray for? What would you pray for? What would you pray for? Would you pray, God, smite those Pharisees, fire from heaven, burn them up, Lord, destroy them. Peter had already said this before. Burn them up, destroy them, get rid of them. God, make them take back what they said. Make them regret that they ever said that. Holy Spirit, if you could just manifest and show up and tell them that, that, you know, it's okay for us to preach. I mean, gosh, you put me on mission. Now you put me in the lurch. You told me that you wanted me to preach, but now they're threatening us. Did you even see this coming, God? You know, I, 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 I'm not sure. What would you pray? And this, this is what they said. They said this when they began to pray, when they heard all these thoughts. They said, Heard all these threats, all these words. They said in verse 29, Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Don't even ask them to change them. They're saying, hey, change me. Don't change all my circumstances. Just change me. God could change all your circumstances. Some of the greatest testimonies you'll ever have is when God changed you. And what God began to do around that, he said, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servants, of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31, when they had prayed, the place that they were gathered together, in which they were gathered together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all. All. They said, God, we hear everything that they've said, but make us bold. Make us bold. We we, we don't want to always be in fear. We want to be free. We we don't want to live with thoughts that prevent us from stepping out and doing what you've called us to do. We don't want to live like that. God, don't change everything else. Make us bold and let's just see what sort of story and testimony that happens. And God, don't stop what you're doing. And you know who he was doing this with? Uneducated, ordinary men and women of God. Look at the person next to you and say, you're ordinary Look at the other person and say, you are uneducated. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Can I tell you this, that God wants to change the world through ordinary, everyday people. And it's not like he doesn't have what we need. He can 
be filled with the Spirit of God today. If you're not, you can be prayed for and you can be filled with the Spirit. There are gifts, there are talents, there are abilities that are found in this room. People in here today with gifts. You just need to get bold. You just need to be bold enough to step out from where you are and step into the place that God's got for you. What if? What if? What if your grace was outside of your comfort zone? What if what God had called you to do sat outside of where you're willing to go? You're gonna, I'll get to the end for you right now. You're going to live a life. You get to the end. You'll be disappointed that you didn't make a difference on planet Earth because you never had the courage and the boldness to step into that space and see what God was willing to do. He wants to change the world through ordinary, everyday people. And if you're here today and and you know honestly in your heart that there are things that you're afraid of, there's fear in your heart. There's an area outside of your comfort zone that you just are not willing to go. You don't have to stay there. You know, Peter failed. Peter said to, he he couldn't even admit that, that he was associated with Jesus to a little girl. And then just over a month later, he's preaching and seeing thousands of people get saved. See, my point is, is just because that's where you've been doesn't mean that's where you need to go. And whatever's been in your past doesn't need to stay the same for your future. I'll tell you this right now. If you're here today and there's fear inside of your life, you know, a comfort zone that's so big that you know that you've never been willing to step out, I'll tell you this, God wants to change you. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He wants you to be different. He wants to get rid of that fear. In fact, the Bible says it so clearly. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, self-control. I tell you this right now. God wants to change you. He wants to make you bold. I, can, I said it last year. I'll say it again. I can look at a room full of people, know nothing about you, and say, God wants you to be bold. He wants you to begin to be open about what you believe and, and share your faith and have some courage and be obedient. And, and you, know, you don't have to track down boldness. You don't have to do that because if you're just obedient, boldness will come for you. Eventually, you just start to realize that it's happened. It's already happened. And you, you, you'll start to learn that you just get comfortable. You just get used to going outside of your comfort zone. And it's not like it's not a thought in your mind, but you just get used to crossing that line and saying, that's okay, I've been afraid before and, and, I, and I did it anyway and, and, and I had fear in my heart, but I did it anyway. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to change you. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. Hey, thanks for listening to the Activate Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to activatechurch.com.